and welcome to this very special edition of Chapter and Verse, The Art of Selling Children's Books. My name is Charlotte Eyre and I'm delighted to be presenting this episode live from the Bookseller Children's Conference. That means we have two audiences, the book trade professionals who come to our conference to learn about the business of making and sharing children's books, and of course our regular listeners who are tuning into the podcast via their usual podcast platform. I've got not one, not two, but three fantastic guests today. The author, Farida Abika Aymida, marketing expert Georgia Henry, who joins us from Rocket, the producers of this podcast, and Faith Young, a TikTok creator who has more than 90,000 followers. Well, she did last time I checked anyway. So yes, we are talking all about the phenomenon of BookTok, which broadly means, I think, the rise of TikTok is creating and sharing content about the books they love. We'll come to that in a minute. BookTok is having a huge effect on the market because as we heard at the conference yesterday, Adam Silvera's They Both Die at the End is the second biggest children's and YA book of the year so far, and that is all down to its popularity on TikTok. My three guests today are all coming at this topic from a slightly different angle, but we'll have some really interesting things to say. So if you are at the conference and have any questions for these guys, pop them in the chat box. So I think first of all, it would be great if you guys, you could all um, introduce yourself um, and say how and why you use TikTok. Farida, would you like to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Farida Abike Yemide, and I'm an author of YA books and um, specifically Ace of Spades, which is out this year. And I use TikTok both as like just a relaxation thing, just like um, scrolling through. And also I like love t- um, BookTok as well. And so, yeah, kind of, it's kind of two sides of it. Like TikTok has a lot of different like corners and BookTok is one of like uh, the ones I love the most. Great. Uh, Georgia? Hi, I'm Georgia Henry. I'm campaign manager at Rocket um, and I work predominantly with children's publishers, which this year for YA books has meant me diving massively into BookTok. I spent far too many hours on there, but I love it. Um, and a lot of my work is working with influencers as well as across the platform more widely um, to yeah. distribute content to YA audiences. Okay, great. And Faith? Hi, I'm Faith. I am a TikTok content creator, mostly on BookTok. And I always really wanted to join the book influencer world but i never had the patience to learn how to edit youtube videos and photography i just got a bit bored with so like tiktok or tiktok just kind of like perfectly combined everything that i loved my short attention span and books that's really interesting. and i did want to sort of ask you guys a little bit about other platforms because tiktok to me looks like an incredible amount of work and it sort of slightly frightens me but what exactly was it about tiktok that appealed and how long does it take you to do a typical post I think it is a lot of work. I don't I don't want to undervalue the work that does go into it because people do spend a lot of time and effort on their videos. But I think it is very, very user friendly. Like you don't have to have a degree in video editing to be able to make a TikTok. It is a very easy to use platform. And I think that it's opened it up for a lot more people because you can just do it. No, for sure. And Georgie, obviously you're coming at it at a slightly different angle because you are working with publishers and authors and creating content, presumably in collaboration with them. Tell us about some of the people that you work with and some of the campaigns that you've done. Well, you mentioned they both die at the end. So I've worked quite a lot on that with Simon and & Schuster and many amazing influencers. Um, we've done quite a few bits of that. I started on TikTok, it was already, I will say, already getting a lot of buzz before we got involved. And then we got involved and it's, you know, got even more buzz and it's been number one for ages. 
Uh, so it's just incredible that it doesn't have to be frontless to be there. And then more recently, I've worked on The Mercies, which was a really interesting one because I know that's not a YA title, but it's one of my favorites because obviously Kieran, the author, has some YA titles. So it just seemed like a really like interesting platform to explore for her, even though it wasn't specifically aimed at those readers and it performed really well on there. And so when you created this content about the mercies, because obviously we can't see, I can't see it on my screen right now. If I opened it up on the app, what would I see? What is there in terms of, is it music? Is it, is it yeah. images? You tell me what exactly you see. There's all sorts. So we work with mostly influencers on the campaign and, and Faith was one of them. And we, you know, she did a video about read the, Ver the mercies with me and it's really like immersive and you feel like you're there reading with her. And it just also inspires me. I hardly ever have time to pick up a book as you probably don't either, but whenever I go on book talk, I just want to, I just want to curl up with a cup of tea and open a book and like lose myself in a book. And it's just really inspiring. And I think, especially for the younger audiences, it's book talk has had a really positive effect, which social media doesn't always have because it's encouraged young people to go into a bookshop or a library and pick up a book, which I love. Um, so Frida, cause so you are sort of like Kieran, aren't you, in, in what George is just saying, as in you are the author who then works with, well, actually, I don't know, do you, with, when you created your content on TikTok, was it something that you took on yourself or did you work with your publisher to kind of create a campaign? I just really like TikTok a lot and I really like, have a lot of respect for people that are on TikTok making content. I really wanted to just do something fun um, with my book because I'm a big fan of AuthorTok, which is like a branch of talk as well uh, where authors make content but ultimately I was really just trying to have fun with my book and yeah I, I mostly just watch videos rather than making the content um, because I just feel like I'm a lot better at like watching videos for hours. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing, isn't it, with BookTok? I'm still at the very early stages of discovering about, you know, what, what exactly it does. But to me, it just seems that the amount of different things that you can do is quite mind-blowing. You know, Georgia, do you want to talk about that a little bit and sort of the, some of the different things that maybe publishers or even authors or booksellers mm -hmm. could do to promote their own products? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the opportunities like really are endless. And what I love about it is how reactive you can be. So we always say to them, I think it's taught, it's taught publishers not to plan ahead too much because you can't think about what a creative might look like until a couple of weeks before, because you want to allow to, yourself to be able to jump on a trend. You know, for example, says, you know, a song, you know, it's a massive audio uh, platform it was musically before it was TikTok. And if there's a song you want to use in the audio that's trending, you want that your video to circulate more so you want to use that song but you won't know about that because you have to just be so hot on what the trends are so i think that's really exciting so that's quite fun because it allows you to be really reactive which you don't always get in marketing can we just explain about that because i think if people aren't on top tiktok they won't really know what that is but it's something i noticed so people yeah. will create videos with a snippet of a song and then other yeah. people use that snippet to create similar videos or related videos and then that becomes a trend yeah correct exactly that sometimes it's not even a song sometimes it's a piece of uh, dialogue or audio from a movie or you know some kind of cultural moment of a quote or something like that it could be but usually as music and it's usually pretty current music I mean apart from Fleetwood Mac's everywhere was number one last year because of TikTok but things like that you know it's just like that's quite a fun trend that people can hop on Wow. Okay. And who is consuming the content on TikTok? Faith, do you want to talk a bit about your followers, your fans? So my audience is mostly female. I think, like shockingly female, I think my 
percentage is 97% female and 3% male. I'm like, yeah, this is this space is not for you. Um, <laughs> so I think it's very much young women. And I think it's, it's interesting what Georgia said about it being an actually positive social media platform. I saw it described as like the last wholesome place on the internet, which I really agree with. I think it's just become this like safe haven for young women. I mean, reading lots of books was really embarrassing when I was growing up. Like I was not cool. I was very, very uncool because I chose to choose like books and reading in the library at break time and stuff. So I think it's really interesting. It's just become this little safe haven for young women who just really love to read. So I do think it is book talk specifically. It's mostly young women. But massive thing about TikTok is that you have no idea who your video is going to be shown to because everyone's feed on TikTok is individualized. So your video could be shown to absolutely anyone, anywhere at any time. Wow, that's really interesting, isn't it? And is that something that you, you're quite comfortable with, the idea that your content could be seen by anyone at any time? I was really embarrassed when I first started doing it and I was absolutely hoping and praying that nobody I knew would see it because it was still like that little secret shame. And then I think that the bigger it got and the more people really liked it and responded positively, I think, yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, I choose to put myself out there. People are seeing it and you just have to make peace with that. So it doesn't really bother me that anyone could see it. I think it's quite nice, really. And was there, again, Faith, this is to you, was there any particular content that really boosted your follower numbers or made you think, wow, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal now on BookTok? TikTok is so much luck of the draw. You have no idea what's gonna get big. Sometimes I'll make a video and I'll be like, yes, this is it. This is going to go viral. I spent so much time and energy on it. People are going to love it. And it gets like a thousand views when I have 90,000 followers. Like you have no idea what's going to be shown to people. But I got really lucky. I think I'd had TikTok for about four days and I posted a video. And I remember exactly what it was. It was like when you realize that the reason that you like enemies to lovers books is because you're a bit of a handful and you love the idea of someone seeing like all the bad parts of yourself and still liking you or something like that. And I just remember everyone went mental for it because they're like, oh my God, I feel so seen. And I think that's what a big part of like book talk is. It's like feeling seen. Yeah. And I, I kind of, that sort of relates to something that I also wanted to talk about in terms of sort of diversity of authors and books. And from when I've gone on TikTok and have a little look look around it seems that one thing that TikTok is really great for is sharing diverse authors authors from underrepresented communities um, and really finding books that you might might not be obvious when you go to a bookshop it's not st straight there but if you go on TikTok there's a community talking about it and that's that's really lovely I mean Frida have you seen that? I feel like there's definitely been um, a lot more diversity than we've seen like maybe previously um, and I think that's often like due to the fact that there's more diverse books being published as well than there ever was before. Um, specifically like queer books, I think more attention than they've ever gotten before in the past, which is really lovely. Um, like, as you said, they both died at the end. Um, I read that in 2017 when it came out and um, it's just like a wonderful like queer love story um, that's kind of sinister and I love sinister books as well. And then there's like other really big books like um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which is like a sapphic book. So literally all of the big books on BookTok, are, a lot of them are queer, which is really lovely to see. And so, yeah, I think it's really been nice um, just seeing that validation and seeing that representation being boosted in that way. 
definitely. Um, now let's talk a little bit about sort of um, TikTok and how it relates specifically to publishing. So Georgia, in a really general sense, what does TikTok bring to the public publishing industry and why should publishers get involved? Well, it's peer-to-peer -peer recommendation, I think, ultimately. I mean, I don't know about you, but most of most books I read because a friend tells me to read it and I trust their opinion. And that's essentially what TikTok is on a huge global scale. So, you know, you get someone like Faith who has 90,000 followers and she says, this is one of the top five books I've ever read. And I'm going to assume that she's built that following, which she has, because her opinion is really valid and she knows a good book. I think that's what's really exciting about it. It's essentially, it's a massive book club, which you can, you can be part of. Again, peer-to-peer, -peer, so you're getting someone who's of the actual target reader audience to recommend it to the rest of their peers, which I think is really powerful. And it's just a wider form of influencer marketing, but quite platform specific. And I like that, you know, I love bookstagram as well, but often like, you, you know, it's a lot about like aesthetic, whereas sometimes book talking, they might not even show you, they might just show you the cover, but there, it's all about plot and it's all about themes and genre. And I think it's about really the content of the book rather than the aesthetic, which I prefer. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. And I like the way that book talk is, is it's often about conveying emotion and what emotion you feel when you read that book. Yeah. So I quite like dark books and kind of sometimes horror, thriller, those kind of books. And you can see, you can see people's reactions when they sort of read and consume those books on TikTok, yeah. which I really like. Faith, for you, you, I, you mentioned this previously, you sort of said, you talked about YouTube. Were you, do you do content for things like Instagram and Facebook as well? kind of do a bit of Instagram to be honest with you I'm really terrible at keeping up with it you have to get out props and you have to set up the whole thing and it's just I find it quite keep more than one platform going because TikTok is I really 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 respect people who do everything like Kate's books she does blogging she does TikTok she does Instagram and I'm just like in total awe of her okay um and Frida so you are quite active on Twitter and you know you talk about the industry of publishing itself talk to me about how you see those different platforms as an author what's Twitter good for and what is TikTok good for so I've been kind of active in the book community since I was like 11 years old and so I've kind of gone through all of the platforms like I was on booktube um, as a viewer um, for like ages and I really loved booktube because it was like it was like the first time I was getting like recommendations from like-minded people but again like Faith was saying the platforms like YouTube and Instagram I feel like there's a lot of kind of a divide between people like kind of like almost classism because you have to have kind of the the funds and the support system and just like the space to be able to do an aesthetic video or picture and a lot of people don't have that whereas TikTok I think allows for like more diversity of people from like socioeconomic backgrounds as well you can just film on your phone it doesn't matter if it's like a, an iPhone what quality it is whereas YouTube there's a lot of kind of discrimination against a video that looks kind of bad quality and stuff but like in terms of Twitter, which I use the most, I think Twitter is more about having kind of community discussions in like, I guess, a long form way, because you can kind of build what you're trying to say over like years. And um, I think Twitter is less about recommendations and less about connecting with people in terms of, I guess, recommending books, um, especially as an author, I guess. But it can be used for that, like it can be used to promote stuff. But I talk kind of allows for a very accessible way to um, consume book media 
especially for people like I'm, I'm quite young. So I, I really get like distracted by long videos. I kind of just want to skip ahead when it's like a 10 minute video. Whereas TikTok allows you to just like consume something in a very snappy way. That's really like interesting and engaging. Okay, that's really interesting because I know a lot of people who are older than you in the book industry still say, oh, well, Twitter is a great way to, it's a great place for book recommendations and li librarians are on there and that's brilliant. But from what you're saying, actually, younger people like yourself, that's not what you use Twitter for. And actually, you know, TikTok is much better than that. Do any of you, I mean, Georgia, do you know, have any idea about, we've spoken about sort of, Faith talked about female viewers, but do you know anything about sort of the age of people creating or indeed just watching TikToks? So it's quite tricky because some teenagers do lie about their age. We know this. I did it to get MySpace, <laughs> but... TikTok in the UK would say that there's between the 40% of their viewers are eight, between the age 18 and 24. I think there's, I think there's some truth to that, but I think there's, there's a lot of teenagers as well who are saying they're 18 because the privacy rules, which is something for brand safety, we need to be really careful of. But in terms of targeting why, like the YA and teen audience, um, I wouldn't. Twitter, I think is fun sometimes, but I totally agree with what Farida said. But in terms of Facebook, which you mentioned as well, they've just released a targeting update, which means you can't interest, you can't target anybody on Facebook who's under 18 via interest. So it's going to be interesting okay. to see what happens with Facebook. But in terms of putting those against TikTok, I would go TikTok every time. Interesting. And Faith, also talking about the age of people who actually create the content. Um, I know that you have, you would like publishers and people to be aware of some of those people are quite young and that has implications on working with those people as well, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I feel very able to manage my own dealings with, you know, publishers and um, publicity agencies and everything, because, you know, I'm, I've been through stuff, I know what I'm doing, but I do think that 16 year olds, I couldn't have been negotiating my own contracts and everything at 16. I think that people do have to be aware that just because they're presenting this front online that they're very mature and they know what they're doing obviously i don't think people shouldn't be working with them i just think that there should be an awareness that this is a 16 year old not an adult yeah sure so i'm guessing that what you're saying is that if you are a publisher for example and you're paying somebody to create content for you you need to treat them respectfully but also be aware of the fact that they might not understand certain things because of their age um, they shouldn't be expected to have the same business acumen as someone like yourself is that what you're saying yes i guess i'm not but i'm not saying that they can't do it because i know that they can and they no. are and they're doing really well for themselves um but i just think that there should be an awareness of it and even just like time constraints like a lot of turnovers for campaigns you get the book and then the ad is due in maybe two or three days 16 year olds might have school. You know, I just think we do have to be aware of these things, if that makes no, sense. No, no, I think that makes total sense. That really does. Um, now let's kind of talk about content that you guys love and what you would kind of like to see in the future. So Frida, tell me about what kind of book content and is there a specific book talk that you watched that really stayed with you and which one was it? I watch kind of like all kinds, but like I really love author talk. So like I follow people like Chloe Gong and Aidan Thomas and Casey McQuiston. And I really like what they do. Um, I just love seeing authors kind of like 
do fun things with their books. But on the book talk side, I'm not really sure I know the usernames because it's kind of like so randomized. It just comes on your for you page. But there was this one book talker and um, she's Muslim, I believe, and I'm Muslim as well. And she had like this massive, um, this massive like video go out about the invisible life of Adi LaRue. And it was just so like fun to see someone's journey reading a book. And like often you might see people crying and like, you're like, oh, I want to cry too. Um, so I find those type of videos really fun because I really like living through them as they're like experiencing the emotions. Yeah, it's like I was saying earlier, it's, but it's so good, isn't it? For just you're, you're feeling the emotions that the reader is feeling and then that makes you want to jump into the same book. Definitely. Okay, Faith, how about you? Any particular brilliant book talks or a book talker in particular? I think that one of the ones has really stuck with me, not because of the actual content itself. But I, act, I remember the first one that I saw because I downloaded TikTok just because we were in lockdown and I was bored and even though I'd said that it was for 14 year olds and I wasn't going to download it, I had downloaded it. And I remember the first one I saw was Abby, Abby's book. She used to do, or I think she still does weekly reading roundups. And I remember it was her weekly reading roundup. And I remember thinking, oh, these are my people. These, this girl, this is my person. And Abby's one of like my closest friends now. We have met many times and she's lovely. And I just remember seeing that and thinking, oh, this is my space and these are my people. Now, Georgia, before we get on to the audience questions, I'm going to ask you a slightly different kind of question because um, you obviously come from this from a very professional angle. Um, what could publishers be doing more of to make the most of TikTok to market their books? I think in truth, more publishers could have their own presence on there. And I really I understand in saying that, that it's a question of resources in a lot of ways. You know, they don't have, because TikTok is such a human platform, you can't really just have your interns or your social content team, you know, they might not want to be the face of your TikTok page. I really get that. Um, but I think if more publishers had an organic presence on there, they could have a bit of a voice in the community and be actually talking directly with the the major bookstuckers and, and, you know, the whole sphere of it. And I think that'd be really nice. I know, you know, we work with Bloomsbury on their launch and Hotkey have a really nice one, um, Penguin Teen in the US as well. And they're just, I just think it's really nice. And then and you can bring your campaign full circle and actually directly interact. Yeah, for sure. I mean, does TikTok prove experimental marketing budgets should exist? Yeah, I'd say definitely. Is um, you know, I feel like I've been talking about it for so long, and people, and now it's like it's getting so big that people are really excited about it with me. At first, I think it was a bit like, no, come on, I was like trying to convince people, um, but now people are really excited about it as well, which is great. Um, I still think with certain titles, like for example, nonfiction, you know, genres outside of, like in terms of the ones that aren't naturally leaning into the other popular trends on TikTok, I think they are a little bit more experimental. Um, but definitely, I think publishers are starting to plan for that, which is great. And I know that you're seeing, you've done a bit of work on some middle grade titles. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, because people often think TikTok, it's mainly for promoting YA or that's mainly what, what flies. but you've been doing some, like I say, you've been doing work with books that are for younger readers. So presumably you're targeting their parents or teachers with that? Yes, so I've done both actually. So Kay's and Asmi, we did some teacher talk, um, which I thought was so hilarious. And we got the maths teachers to essentially do like classroom skits and science teachers to talk about, you know, how it's so educational and hilarious, which it is. Um, and that was a really fun one for a specifically educational stance type of campaign. And then for middle grade, you know, at the moment, I'm not really recommending you do a TikTok campaign in isolation, just because kind of how Faith said earlier, you don't, even though this, 
you know, an influencer could have 150,000 followers who are all parents and that's great. You don't actually know where the video is going to go because the algorithm is really complicated. So I don't really recommend people just go on TikTok. I'd say, you know, do a bit of Instagram, bit of YouTube, bit of Facebook and kind of do a, a, an overall campaign with lots of different touch points and have TikTok be one of them. And you can see how that goes for your middle grade title, but particularly because um, it can be it can be expensive and because budgets are not always huge for middle grade um, for a safe option. I think I think that is definitely for that audience. It's more experimental at this stage. OK, maybe we should have this conversation at the conference next year and it would be yes. really interesting to see how those yeah. campaigns have worked. But anyway, there's some really lovely and interesting questions coming in from the audience. Uh, Helena from Oxford Brooks would like to ask Farida about the skills required as an author. Farida, does TikTok feel like an extension of your creator skills or is it something different? I feel like definitely it feels like an extension of creator skills. But also I think there's a lot more like Gen Z authors coming up. And so a lot of us kind of grew up on the internet. And so we kind of are using like just internet culture and the things that we've learned um, as we've like grown up to apply to like like publishing because I think a lot of younger authors um, have a different approach to the way we, we talk about our books and the way we like engage with like audiences. My sister, she's uh, 14 and she's always saying that Twitter's for old people and so um, she's only on TikTok and um, she only really finds books on TikTok and so I think authors kind of using that as an extension of their kind of creative abilities is really helped. Um, it's more accessible for teens. And also I just feel like TikTok is so much more, I'm not sure, I wouldn't say equal, but I would say more like, there's a lot more chance for you to find things that are specifically for you rather than things that are so like randomized. Um, like the For You page, for example, is just such a great way to find content that is just like, what you would like it kind of the algorithm kind of looks at what you've been liking and like really like narrows it down so i think as an author it definitely has helped just kind of building a different connection with different audiences and the algorithm is scarily good uh, i i spent one day on tiktok going like these are, what what are these videos they're showing me i don't get this by day two i could have just spent hours because they were just sending me all the kind of stuff that I was interested in. I don't know how they do it. These people are, people who create these algorithms are absolutely amazing. Um, Claire Morrison has asked, and I think Faith, this might be a question for you. Have you used audiobooks to make any videos yet for BookTok? And if you have, has it worked? So I think that there's a massive platform for audiobooks on TikTok because there's very much a movement to end um, a lack of accessibility. Like saying that, you know, saying that audiobooks aren't real books is really ableist and it's so when I listen to audiobooks a lot, but I wouldn't specifically say I listen to this as an audiobook, I would just talk about the book. So I think that there is a space for audiobooks on TikTok and lots of people are using audiobooks, but it's not that they're specifically talking about the audiobook. Okay, that's really interesting. And Georgia, have you done any work with audiobooks yet? Or is that something that you would do? I presumably you would be quite happy to do that, you know, as part of your work with Rocket. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think we did. So last year we did something for Walliams where we played into the audio because we had a clip of him talking and then essentially we had like funny comedy TikTokers and parents reacting to the clip live, like on their video essentially. So in terms of like playing around with actual audio clips from the book, yes, um, but it wasn't directly advertising the audio book, if that makes sense. 
yeah that makes total sense and it kind of it's this idea of what you you've all kind of been saying is that it's pulling in diff all different kinds of things and it doesn't have to be a strict rule it can be photos it can be audio it can be video it can be all all kinds of things. Sophie Jones has asked a really interesting question and it's something that I think all publishers and book professionals will be interested in. She says, wouldn't a publisher's formal engagement with BookTok actually put off the young BookTok audience who are looking for peer-to-peer -peer authentic content? And I actually think you're all going to have something interesting to say about this. So, um, Frida, would you like to go first? Um, I definitely agree. I think that especially Gen Z, um, we can see when something is inauthentic. I don't know, like ads, for example, might not do as well on TikTok, I've noticed, because um, like not in books in general, but like just, I mean, when it's obvious that it's like not something that the actual person would use, it just kind of is off-putting sometimes. But um, I've also seen ads where booktokers specifically, I think, do it really well, where they kind of make it so creative. Like I've seen ads where they kind of are telling a story almost as if it's happening to them and you're like so engaged and then um suddenly at the end they're like well it's actually this book and i'm like oh my god that's so wild i'm gonna go and buy that now so i think like in other parts of book like tiktok it's kind of very i don't know it feels formalized and very like difficult to connect but in book talk there's so much create like creativity and people really like find new ways to like advertise books um while making it feel authentic okay Faith, um, yeah, same question. What do you think about that? That there is a danger of the content that publishers making seeming inauthentic, but there is definitely ways to do it and to do it well. Um, Penguin Teen in the US, their accounts was one of the first ones that I followed because they have a designated person who creates their social media stuff and she does share stuff about her life. And I think an important part of TikTok is feeling like you know the people that you follow. So I think that there are ways to do it. I don't think that TikTok for publishers would work if they just had loads of different people creating videos and they're not being like an organic presence because I think that that's a massive element of it. Um, I also think that there are other ways to do it though. So like Sourcebooks Fire, which is one of my favorite publishers, they recently casted a new, casted, no, hired <laughs> a new, um, I'm an actress if you can't tell. Um, they recently hired a new head of social media and she already had a big following on TikTok and she now runs their TikTok. And that felt very authentic. And I like their videos because it's just kind of transferred over. So I do think there are ways to do it, but you do, I think there is a danger of it seeming inauthentic. And so Georgia, you, you said before it, about publishers, but yeah, tell me about, what you guys do to sort of get around this problem. <laughs> so we essentially always say, if you're going to have a presence on there, it's, it's kind of marries what, uh, what these two are both saying, but basically have a different voice and have a voice. So don't just repurpose your Instagram story creative and pop it on TikTok because that's just, there's no point. Like that's not what it's about. And I always say this word a bit hesitantly, but I, I think TikTok should be homemade um, in the sense of it needs to look like it had a human behind it, not a computer. Um, and I think that, you know, even though it's made on a phone and all the rest of it, but I just think that's exactly what Faith and Farida are saying of have, have a voice on there, have a personality, have someone you can kind of get to know. And that's what's worked really well. And we've also run insight with, you know, TikTok audiences and with book talkers to say, would you want to see your favorite publishers on TikTok? And most of them said yes. And a lot of book talkers are also publishing hopeful. So in terms of having content like, day in the life of a campaign manager, day in the life of an editorial assistant. I think that kind of content, which is 
obviously comes outside of book recommendations, but I think that would go down really well on there as well. Oh yeah, so that's really interesting. So again, it's not just using TikTok as a direct selling tool because that's just sort of feels a bit cynical, but kind of actually embracing people and involving them in in your lives, your personalities, your stories, and it can become something a bit bit more transactional. That's really interesting. Um, somebody has asked here, aren't there rules around employing um, under 18s as influencers? Maybe Georgia has some more information about this. With that, I would just say you always need to get a parent or a guardian to sign a contract as well. Like they, they can't, I wouldn't recommend getting them to sign on their own. You know, you get just somebody who's over 18 to sign the contract and then you're good. But most kid influencers, which is um, kid influencer, <laughs> we've spoken about before Charlotte, but most of them uh, tend to have managers or even a parent acting as a talent manager. So you, you know, you don't, you're not usually in direct communication with them. Um, but in the case of BookTok, I think lines have been not blurred, but it's so new, you know, like Faith was saying, you can have an account for four days and then have 20,000 followers if the right video blows up. So I think the people have become influencers overnight. So they haven't quite had that like natural progression into becoming a, a face that brands will want to interact with. So it's, you know, that's it's definitely right to be wary of it. But when in doubt, I just say get Guardian to sign on anything. Yeah. So just make sure there is someone who's 18 or over actually involved in the process, which is pretty sensible whenever you're kind of working with young people, really. Frida, I think this is probably a good question for you. So Saskia Leach has asked, is BookTok a medium you feel literary agents could or should use to promote their authors? I'm not sure. I feel like that could become a bit strange in terms of blurring the lines as well. I think that it's a really good platform for like um, publishers if they have like really good content, like um, like it's been mentioned before, I really love the Penguin team in the US's um, book talks, one of the first I also followed. And I also love like, uh, there's a book designer, book cover designer called Casey Moses, and uh, she talks about her job and everything. I think with literary agents, I think maybe talking about their job would be cool, but I don't know, promoting their authors, it could get a bit, I don't know, it could, it could feel inauthentic because there's a lot of bias there because they kind of make money from their authors. So it kind of, I don't know, it blurs lines. Yeah, I agree. And kind of like you, what actually could be more interesting is having um, agents talk about what they do on a day to day basis or even what they're looking for. Or, you know, this is how you do a cool letter or all of those things, because, as you said, Frida, there are more Gen Z, uh, Gen Z writers who are trying to break into the publishing industry. So you could have agents on TikTok talking about the process. Yeah. Um, Becca Wynn would like to know, how does BookTok help creators or authors interact with the international community? So, I mean, Georgia, do you want to take this one? Because I'm guessing that when you do your campaigns, you are thinking about who you are targeting. And have you done much sort of work when you're specifically looking for international audiences? This is something I'm trying to kind of push for a little bit more in honesty, because like they are, it's a really united audience. You know, Faith will tell you that, you know, she'll interact with content creators in the US and across the world about the same books. And, you know, it's like sometimes, oh, this book's come out in the US and there's this like exciting conversation that it's not out here yet and cover battles and all the rest of it. And I think, you know, I understand that marketing budgets are different pots for different um, territories, but I think it would be really nice to integrate them a little bit more. But that being said, we have done a little bit of work in the, with US influencers, and that's just so exciting. And um, we've done some for Sarah J Mass recently with an amazing account called Rumi's Digest. I'd suggest anyone head over there and enjoy. They're hilarious. Interesting. And um, yeah, Faith, talk about your your sort of followers. How international are they? 
massively international. I think a um, really large part of my following is in America. I think there's a really large American population on TikTok, obviously. And I think it's just great because it's just a way of interacting with people that you never, ever would have had a chance to interact with before. So I think that that's a really special part of TikTok. I want to sort of talk about sort of US, the US and culture dominance here. When we're talking about international followers and, you know, international content, are you, are you guys mainly talking about stuff that's or people from the US or is it a bit, are we, are we talking about people from kind of all over? Faith, do you want to talk, take that one again? I think for me, my following and the people that I interact with when I say international, I do in American, yeah. And I guess it makes sense because the population of America is so large, so it makes sense that more of the accounts that follow me are from America. I think I there are some quite big Australian book talk accounts as well, I believe, but that's the main that's the main people that I see is British people, Americans and Australians. I don't think that there's and I'm sure there are people doing it but i don't know that i've seen as many outside of those areas yeah no fair enough um right we've just got a few more minutes left and i actually have a few more questions that i kind of just want to throw in there really 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 quickly so uh, georgia has tiktok changed the way that people purchase books what is the link between tiktok and then actually making a sale i mean if you can go into a waterstones or if you've been into one in the past couple of months most of them have had the as seen on book talk tables so i think you can definitely say that it has changed the way people purchase books you know and i love going in there and and, and i can even say like you, you know faith can probably go in there and be like that's probably because of me and you know that one's because of abby and things like that which is so it's just like lovely to see um so it definitely definitely has changed things i think you know it's proven that it come, it's very unpredictable. Um, I don't think we could replicate the campaign for They Both Die at the end. It wouldn't be exactly the same if we did it for another book. It, you know, it might be, might be, it might go even more viral or it might not. But it's, as I said, with the algorithm, it's so unpredictable, which is part of the excitement, but is difficult as well. But yeah, in terms of purchasing, I think it's definitely like an Amazon wish lists of, of YA books that just go on and on forever. It's just, yeah, I think Christmas is going to be a really exciting time. I'm interested to see how how that plays out um, in terms of booksellers. It definitely will be interesting to see. Okay, mm. final question, and this one is to everybody. If there was a publisher or a bookseller who wanted to work with each of you, what can they do? Or what do you need from them that would make you want to work from them? Um, Faith, you go first. I think with TikTok, it's really important for influencers to have creative control. I think that having really um, strict briefs isn't helpful on TikTok. You have to trust that the influencers are spending the time on TikTok to know what's trending, to know what works and to know their audience. So I think that creative control is so important for TikTok. That is such a good point. Thank you. Farida, if a bookshop, for example, kept got in touch with you and said, I really want to work with you on some TikTok content, what would you need? Is it creative control or are there other things as well that you would want? Yeah, definitely creative control, but also just um, respecting like the boundaries of people and like, um, cause I struggle a lot with videos. So like just respecting that. Yeah, that makes total sense. And Georgia, have you got anything to add? I was also going to say creative control. <laughs> um, we, you know, especially when we're working with influencers, we always say that of like we work in partnership with them to come up with the creative. And as I said previously about the not planning too far ahead so that you have the chance to be reactive and on trend. Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work at all. And someone will say, oh, I want them to make a video crying about my book. And it's like, well, 
that might not that might not work for them they might not make them cry and it, again and then it'll be inauthentic and it won't fly on the platform so i would definitely agree with with what faith said about that Brilliant. Well, that is all that we've got time for today. This has been Chapter and Verse, The Art of Selling Children's Books. And we have been speaking live from the Bookseller Children's Conference. I would like to say a big thank you to everybody who has listened and a big thank you to my guests today, Faith Young, Faruda and Georgia from Rocket. If you have any more questions, I'm sure you guys can sort of get in touch with them via social media or you can um, get in touch with me on Twitter at Charlotte L. Air. Thank you very much. Thank you.